The wide receiver position is the most important to evaluate at the NFL scouting combine, and we're going to tell you why. You are locked on NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Damian Parson. You can find me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL, National Scout of the Draft Network, and your favorite and local running back guru. And you already know what time it is. I got the chat with me. What's up, everyone? This is Keith Sanchez with the Draft Network, senior draft analyst, man. And like my guy DP always says, man, 2019 national champion, LSU Tigers, man, the greatest football team ever assembled. And we're here to bring you championship-level conversation. Um, and today, DP, we have a rather interesting conversation uh, centered around those pass catchers, those playmakers, those difference makers. But why don't you get into the sponsors first so we can kick this conversation off? Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Keith, you talked about it, right? Pass catchers. Now that's a blanket statement, Keith, because people <laughs> are like pass catchers, man. Everybody catch the ball in football. Tight ends, running backs, receivers. But we're going to focus on two two positions uh on today's episode, Keith. And I, I like when you posed this to me in the pre-show, in, in, in you know, pre-show meeting receivers right and you said dp they are the most important position to evaluate at the scouting combine tell everybody why you feel that way right because okay so we we have to know right that the wide receivers and tight ends when they go through the drills i think that they do the drills that are most translatable um to the nfl and their skill set right because we watch some drills and some position they go through things and we like why the hell are they doing that right <laughs> but when you watch the wide receivers and they're going through their little gauntlet drill where they have to run a straight line i mean that translate right how many times are you running crossing routes or drag routes and you have to keep your head on a swivel and then be very self-aware of what's going on right them running routes right you get to see those wide receivers and those tight ends sink their hips you get to see how explosive they are those deep balls, right? We get to see those guys like a Jalen Hyatt, you know, and we know that he's going to be a, a deep ball threat, track the deep ball. And I want to see you track it over both shoulders. And I like the fact, DP, that the way the combine has it set up to where, you know, it's kind of the reserve quarterbacks throwing to the wide receivers and tight ends because you're not going to get a perfect ball, right? Yeah. And that helps because you're not going to get a perfect ball in the NFL. So, no, I don't want to see uh, the number one quarterback throwing a wide receiver the perfect football and he catches it the right way, man. I want to see those wide receivers make difficult catches um, that forces their, you know, their vision, their eyes have to adjust, and then they're able to contort their body. So, for me, man, to I think this position group is the group where the things that they do on the field, it translates the best so you can get the best evaluation. Keith, I like that a lot, mainly because, like you said, everything, what we look for as evaluators and scouts, we're looking for things that translate to the league, right? Like the the things that happen in college 
and, and we both know the, the phrase, right? That the NFL is five, uh, what was it, three to five or five to seven years behind college football and then seven to 10 behind high school in terms of offensive concepts and the different things, right? The NFL is kind of that art, that, that old man on the lawn yelling at the young kids, this is not the way we did it back in my day. You know what I mean? And then eventually they, they, they come to grasp and to grip with what the college game is doing. But a lot of things that's done in college right now, especially for receivers, it doesn't always translate. A lot of it isn't translatable, right? Because of how the pre-snap motions or just how guys are lined up. You know, we talk about talk about Jalen Hyatt. Some of the stuff he, they, that they did for him in that Josh Hypo offense doesn't translate, but what he's going to be asked to do at the combine will, right? Being able to – how well can he snap off after selling the vertical route that, on a comeback or a curl route, right? You know, how can he tempo and, you know, different things in terms of just really selling routes and getting in and out of breaks. Those things translate, Keith, because if you can do that at any point, you can do it at the, at the NFL level. Yeah, no, so I agree. And then I'll even say this, right? Like we we, we talked about in our opening um, podcast about the, the combine, right, when we talked about what to take away. But I think for wide receivers, like you can take away – a little bit of that 40 time. I think I think that matters for the wide receiver position. And here's why. The game is becoming more and more open, right? So when you're talking about those rolling 20s or your first 10, and you know what type of wide receiver you have, right? You know if you have a guy that has short area quickness or you know if you have a guy that has build-up speed, right? Because his, his 25 to 40 may be faster, a lot faster than his 10 to 20. So you know what type of positions you can put him in. And we talk about, like, we use the Kansas City Chiefs for reference, right? And they decided to go get these speed guys with Tyreek Hill and Miko Hardman. And we've seen how speed kills. So I think when you're talking about, um, you know, just the 40-yard dash, as simple as it is, right, I think it translates some for wide receivers and you're able to take, take something like that testing mechanism and apply it to, okay, this wide receiver can do this best in this situation. I like that, Keith. I, I, I want to pose, you know, kind of throw this out there, something we talked about, you know, pre-show yeah. as well, as you look at the status we're going to get into the Titans in a minute, but looking at the receivers, right? The tier one of receivers is three names, Keith. Quentin Johnston, Jordan Addison, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Anytime you see a, you see three names in the first round of mocks, it's typically those three names, and then somebody else sneaks in, right? But talk to me about this tier one, guys. Like, how do you view them? Are they game changers? You know, are, are, are they complementary pieces? How do you feel about this, this group of tier one receivers? I feel pretty good about it, to be honest. I think it's a good group of guys. Um, I, I think overall they're, they're, they're a solid group. I think it's a mixed bag of what they have to offer, right? I think that's the best way to put it, man. They're not they're not all in the same build, right? Quinn Johnson is 6'4". Then you have Jackson Smith and Jigba at six foot. Then Jordan Addison is somewhere around 5'11", right? All type <laughs> of builds. They, yeah. <laughs> they, win, they win differently. Um, but I, I'm, I'm really interested in those guys. And so what I really want to do is I want to dive into those guys. So coming up next, guys, we have the deep dive into this tier one of pass catchers, wide receivers, and tight ends. What is the best sports book in America, clearly it's FanDuel. And if you are a new customer, that's good for you because you get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't 
hit or win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. You can bet on any, everything, anything from money line to point scores, point spreads, you name it, exclusive bets. Plus, FanDuel even lets you continue your bets at a chance to have a bigger payout with same-game parlays. So don't miss the chance to get your first no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Now, Keith, you, you just talked about it, right? Like getting into to these pass catchers. And, and, and like you said something that was key because I want people to understand, especially with the tier one with these receivers. Yes, Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, those were elite ball players right and that's fine that doesn't mean you're gonna have that every draft you're not gonna have that every draft keith so it's like stop i I want people to stop judging this class based on what we had with because it wasn't just those three we have rashad bateman like it was most it was a multitude you know um rondale moore was in that class it it was a you know a lot of different body types at athletic profiles everything in that class that class was so well-rounded and so heavy at the top so yes we got a big three essentially in this class at the receiver position but at the same time you know they don't compare to that class with jamar chase Jalen waddle and devonta smith and i want people to stop comparing them to that class yeah, so let's let's get into it, right, and in, in what we want to see. So Quentin Johnston, wide receiver from TCU, is profiled at, what, 6'4", 215 pounds, right? So these are the expectations for Quentin Johnston at the combine. I think it would be very interesting to see if he hits some of these um, – some of these marks, right? You're talking about running a, a, a 4-4 sub 4-4-40, right? So somewhere around there, less than 4-4, somewhere around there at 6-4. Expected to jump plus 40 inches, right? And, you know, just expected to weigh in and, and have astronomical measurables. So Quentin Johnston profiles differently from a lot of wide receivers that we've seen in the past. So I think the combine is going to be big for him. And my expectation is this, heading into the combine, I think he's in the mix with guys right now, right? It's, it's, it's three guys at the top. But I think if he hits all of those landmarks, you're talking about 6'4", talking about running a 4'3", and jumping 40-plus inches, man, he's going to separate himself because we know that the NFL loves height, weight, speed, athleticism. You can't teach. No, nah, and, that, and that's perfectly said because you think about the phrase scouts, you know, especially being at the senior bowl and talking to different scouts, the phrase that was used was, I give I, I scout and I find that guy that has all the unteachables and I give them to the coach. Give them to it's the like coach, here. Yeah. This is I give you this layup on the platter. Coach him up. Coach him up. Do your job. This is your this is this is your baby now. Take care of it because those type of things and and Keita, it's like it's almost like a horse race, right? Like you or just a race in general. You come around that final stretch, you get to the combine, and this is where you can pull away from the competition when you're Quentin Johnson, right? And, and for for. Jordan Addison, I'm gonna tell you the 40 for me is gonna be important because like oh, it's, okay, I'm gonna ask you a question. Tape, I don't what, see a four four guy. What what do you see, DP? That's why we're here. Talk to the people. What what do you see? I see. Um, what do you, where do you expect him to come in measurement wise? Like what what are the benchmarks for you with Jordan Addison? I, Jordan Addison, like you know the the website has him. The school website I think has him listed at six foot. Don't see that. I think he's more of a five ten guy. Maybe on the cusp of five eleven, one seventy, maybe once. I think 170 because he's he's a smaller build, and for a smaller build, I would like to see four four sub four sub four four right, but I don't see that on tape, Keith. I see a guy that's probably four four eight ish, closer to four five, 
And, and we talked about him last week, and I said I view him as a slot receiver in the NFL, and that's where you best get him as a wide receiver three, wide receiver two, three, where he's your slot. You already got your X, and they complement one another, right? You know what I mean? Just like a point guard and a center, like he, they can they can play off of each other. So like that's where I, those are the benchmarks I see for him. It's just a fact of. All right, like can't what what will he hit? And I know a lot of these guys are training hard for the 40, things like that. And and you gotta be cognizant and aware that it may not match what's on tape, but I just want to see what he is going to tap in at, what he is going to run, Keith. But we talk about pass catchers, Keith. Tight ends, man. You talk about a 40-yard dash that might be like you like at the top tier of need, Michael Mayer. Right, Michael May, like yeah. brother, we, we, I don't we, know we where you go clock in at, but you might want to clock in like at a solid time. No, nah, I, I mean for Michael Mayer, man, like the 40 time matters, right? We say that the 40 time for the 40 time matters for him, right? It don't matter yes. for most players, it matters for him because this is a first round production, right? Like when we talk about a floor, you feel really good about this player's floor. Safe, but yes, he, he extremely safe pick, man. You know exactly what you're getting, but I mean, we want to see you run at least a four six, right? Like I, I like four six flat at the le- at the very least, right? Like that 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 needs to be your floor. Um, and for him to go in the first round, and we see the way the NFL treats tight ends, right? There's been past drafts where there's been production versus potential when it comes to the tight end position. Because let's be honest, right? We watch Travis Kelsey run away from people. We watch George Kittle run away from people. We watch Darren Waller want to run away from people. So we want to see if Michael Mayer is that type of tight end, or is he one of those? Old school Jason Witten, Todd Heath, Heath Millers, right? Like yes. just one of those guys that gets the job done. It's going to catch you sixty balls a year somewhere in that type of situation. So you're trying to see if he's a if he's a difference maker or if he's a player that just kind of tilts the scale just a little bit in your offensive favor. Um, speaking of guys, we talk about forty time DP. We have to switch to wide receivers again real quick because we have another player in Jackson Smith and Jigba who. His 40 time is going to be really important because everyone knows, right? He when he played at Ohio State, not this past year, but year before last, last game of the season. I think that was against Utah. He went for what 300 yards in the world. 300 and some chains. He, he torched them, right? One of the best wide receiver performances we've ever seen in college football history. But there is a question of his speed, right? And so I want to pose the question again to you, DP. What what do you think his his landmarks, his benchmarks are? And how much does that tip the scale for you? I, I think the landmark or the benchmark for JSN, it, it, for me, I think he's going to be a four-five-five to four-six-five guy. But okay. I think he's going to be. I, I you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna make a bet because we're gonna be in Indy, so we're gonna make a bet. You know what I'm saying? Before this is all, before the the, the festivities kick off, <laughs> we're gonna have a show where we bet on this leading into to the combine, guys. But I I don't want to tip my tip my hand too early, but I, I am gonna say I think he's gonna be in that four five five to four six range, where which I think is fine. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah, Especially uh, if you're gonna look at him as a slot receiver. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not gonna nail you down with that, right? Like because you already told the <laughs> listeners that we're gonna have a show where we uh you know we place a couple bets on there. But I want to ask you how much is that gonna affect the draft stock for you, right? Like how much is that going to sway? Like if he comes in and runs a four, six flat versus what if he runs a four, four, five, right? Like how much is that going to 
sway it for you um knowing those 40 times one way you talking about you talking about you know really slap you in the face and open your eyes man he pop a four four five everybody's gonna be looking at each other you got bill belichick eating his snacks trying to figure out that's not what they got in the report when my guys watched them right you know they got the 14th pick and, and he yep. loves his slot receivers right like he got jacoby myers who's a free agent and that he could uh, jsn could snap it tap into that position if he hits anything anywhere over over four five five it's going to get some people perked up in their seats where yeah, it's like, yeah. okay, you, you have enough speed. You know what I mean? If he hits the four sixes, people are going to go, okay, so this is where I thought you would land. And it's almost like that confirmation bias. Yeah. And I was only asking that because I remember I was in the, um, I was in the dome and I was in Lucas oil when Justin Jefferson got ready to run his forward. And I was actually sitting to sitting next to a couple of scouts from probably about five or six different teams. when we were talking um, and I was telling them like, Hey man, I'm like, I'm like tell him, I'm telling you, Justin can run. Justin can run. He's <laughs> like, nah, man, he, he's a four or five, five guy. I'm like, I'm telling you the guy can run, man. This guy can run. And he pushed down the full four. And then it was just that you can feel the complete silence, right? You're talking, you're talking about like you can hear a pin <laughs> drop because everybody did not expect that. And you can, and you knew that a lot of scouts, got that wrong on their scouting report, oh, right? Yeah. They said, man, we did not expect that. He he, they, he was labeled a slot receiver, Keith. Yeah, he, he was labeled as a slot receiver, man. But, man, I think that's a really good conversation about our tier one, right, pass catchers. But, like always, man, like we said, we're going to dive deep into this. We're going to talk about the difference makers. So we're going to get into those tier two pass catchers coming up right after this. Tier two pass catchers, and I want to really – we talked a lot about the receivers. I want to show these tight ends some love. And Keith, I don't even at physically and athletically, he's not a tier two. He's a tier one tight end, and that's Luke Musgrave. Yes. But the production, he's he was hurt all season, right? In 2022, showed up very well down in Mobile at the senior bowl, right? And you talk about a guy, we, we talked about Michael Mayer in the last segment, him running up, you know, he needs to run four six at the least. Jim Nagy talked about Luke Musgrave probably hitting the four four mark at six five, like two fifty. He looks like the uh, what's it, Dragoff, the Russian from Rocky, right? Like yeah. he looks like him when you see him just on the field, man. He's well built, tall, long arms, and then watching them practice, watch him go full speed when he opens that stride. He this big boy can roll, so yeah. I think that'll be big for him. And then the medicals, the medicals probably gonna be the biggest thing for him, right? Proving that hey, whatever it was that I that that kept me out for the season, I'm fine, right? Anything that's been ailing over the past couple of years, I'm cleared. And then getting that green light, but I'm, I'm interested to see where he jumps as well, see how uh, explosive he can be vertically because, you know, with that frame, that size and the arm length, uh, if he can post a good vert and, and broad jump, showing that ability to go up and, and high point the ball, you know, thinking about putting him out wide, Keith, we've seen all these tight ends. We've seen Gronk and Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, and I'm not going to lie to you, he does remind me a little bit of Darren Waller. Okay, okay. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. And like you said, when you see him in person and you see him open up in that stride, it's like, oh, man, I want him on my team, right? right. Like, you just want to see that. You want to see – you see one play, you're like, you know what, I want that guy on my team. Offensive coordinator is like, coach, you know what I can do with that? Do you yes, know what yes. I can and, do and, with that, and, man? <laughs> and that's why he made round one of my recent mock draft, right? That's why he made <laughs> round one, man. But going to a guy with a much different bill, man, and that's Tank Dell for me, right? Like I'm talking about quote-unquote tier two guys. He proved that he was one of the most explosive – playmakers in all the college football right um just a spread out difference maker and i think you get this guy soloed up one-on-ones right whether it's in a slot or even outside 
he's going to win and he's going to beat you over the top and you just at the top and then you just take shots with him time and time again so one of those offenses that like to dial up play action and you know whether it's those deep overs or those skinny posts down the field and you have a, a quarterback with a big time arm I think he can get that job done so Tank Dell is definitely somebody that's on my radar um because I want to see what he runs right we know he's a smaller guy he's what five eight ish 160 pounds so not a very big guy at all but if he goes down and he puts down a 4-3 then guess what that stock is boosted up and I think teams are going to be willing to take a chance on him I think this is a guy that can move from day three for sure to day two right like he, he can he can solidly entrench himself into day two um I'm gonna tell you I have one other guy DP not to go on my yeah. wide receiver rant man but this is one of my favorite uh one of my favorite wide receivers over the past two years and that's Xavier Hutchinson from Iowa State nobody is talking about this guy man you're talking about a hundred plus catch season all this guy does is catch the football now I'm gonna tell you what I am worried about the 40 time man I want to mm-hmm. know how fast he is that vertical speed I want to see it I, in my opinion I think he's probably a four or five flat guy, but if he can run the low four four, you're talking about six two, six three, two hundred and fifteen pounds. Teams are going to start to look at him in a different light. Where he's a he's he may not be a wide receiver one, but he's a one point five, right? Like you talk about Stephon Diggs and him, right? And you're talking about a good duel. You're talking about Ceedee Lamb and Xavier Hutchinson. You're talking about a good duel, Devontae Adams and Xavier Hutchinson. Like that's a good duel right there. So I think he's a good one point five type of wide receiver. Yeah, I, I think that was something that I was going to say the same thing about Hutch. It was like the speed is going to be the biggest thing, right? Because he can get up to top speed quickly, but it's like watching him in Mobile, it tapped out so fast that corners were able to get back in phase, get back in that hip pocket and disrupt the passing window, right? So it's be able, do you have the speed to pro, to, to maintain and sustain the separation that you created? Because he is a big body guy that runs good routes. He runs good routes. He's able to create initial separation, but can you maintain it throughout the full route, right? So I'm, I'm interested to see him for sure and what he runs in uh you know you know runs when it comes down to the 40 and i want to i want to stick with the tight ends man one of my one of my sleepers in this class man iowa tight end sam laporta you know what i mean he yeah i I like (laughs) sam a lot man and it's like you think about a potential fourth round guy um in this tight end group this is a really really talented and deep tight end class that we have right so i think for him he he blocks well you know that's one thing you got to do at iowa you gotta block right They, they, they they never have the quarterback play but they can run the ball so you got to be able to block he blocks well but i feel like a guy that that's playing the tight end position he moves fluid enough uh you know in space and running his routes to create separation he can high point and play the ball at the, at the you know at the catch point and make you know catches and pluck the ball away from his frame even on the sidelines right so and they even put him out in the slot i've seen him out wide i've seen him in some bunch sets they move him all around in the passing game and it just would have been for his production would have been so much better you know like i always talk about right these schools like iowa had a had a good quarterback so you could really see what these guys can do with a full-fledged uh a fully open and trusted passing attack another guy i wanted to with to bring up man you talk about receivers Keith, I and we, we we talk about how the combine is so big for 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 setting and blazing a trail. One of your guys in your region, Rakeem Jarrett. Yeah. If he's healthy and everything ready to rock, running the forty, you know, talking to scouts, you know, coming into the season, said that they they seen him, you know, when they went to the to, to the campus, went to the practices. He looks good, you know. He looks filled in, has a nice body type, a nice frame. He looked explosive on the practice field and everything. The season did not go the way that we kind of hoped for and expected for whatever reason. Yep. 
But Keith, if he can go out there, run well, run routes well, you know, really showcase his full skill set, I think it can really help his draft stock and really uh, set that narrative and open guys, open everybody else's eyes to like, man, you know what? Maybe late day two, you know, third round, maybe, you know, top of the four if we can get us a, a potential playmaker. No, I agree. I agree. He definitely can help himself out, you know, and kind of remove that label of a slot only type wide receiver, man. I got one more name I want to throw out there, man. You know, you know me, I keep it spicy every now and then. Uh, but it, I, I think this can be a turning point for him, right? And that's wide receiver from LSU, Kayshawn Boutte. Um, mm, obviously, the, the off the field stuff that we're not going to even get into, right? But when you're talking about changing the narrative about yourself in draft season, man, you go out there and run a 4 3, guess what? People are going to forget about everything else, right? And so, I, I because you see on the film that this guy is a great athlete, right? Like he's a plus level athlete. So, running mm. a 40 time, showing that he's a um, he has solid hands, he's able to move, he's explosive. I think you start to regenerate the momentum about yourself again because right now he's an afterthought, right? He's an afterthought. With nothing dealing with football, it's off the field things, right? And I think you go to the, you go to the combine, you interview well, you have great conversations, you show great personality, you show to be a leader, and then you test well and you show well in on the field drills. I think Keishawn Butte is a name that he will start to um, reappear again, right? He will re- reappear again in this wide receiver conversation. And, and, and you know what's going, you know, as we know, the on field stuff will be big, but then the interviews, you know, he's going to be yeah, they're, like they're gonna just be big really, they're, they're going to go hard at him about what happened, where, where is he at mentally, what's his maturity level, all the type of stuff that they've heard off the field. They're going to nail it to him, you know what I mean, and, and, and really put him on that pedestal and say, listen, you in the hot seat, got to answer these questions, man. And one thing I remember, uh, you know, a, a, a retired scout told me a hot way they would tell players, man, listen. If I ask you a question, you better answer it like I know the answer because I always do. You know right. what I mean? I'm asking you to see if you're truthful. So the interview is going to be big for him, and I, I'll close it out with one guy as well, man. We talk about speed, Keith. You know, everybody's all on Jalen Hyde out of Tennessee, and for good reason. This kid is an elite speed prospect. One of your boys transferred to Nebraska, right? Oh, Trey Palmer. Yeah. Man. You talk about a situation that we might have a would you rather segment, and you know, in, in the future coming up, you know, you know, around him. But man, you talk about a, a, a blazer like <laughs> this kid went to the Big Ten and nobody could keep up with him, Keith. When he once he opened that stride, it was a, it was house call, right? It, it just was Scott Frost and everything else with that offense. He he battled some drops, right? So for him. The 40, uh, you know, I think someone said that his, I don't know if his dad or somebody close to him was like, yeah, no, he's going to hit that four, that 419, 42. It was just like, okay, yeah, I hear you. you but if he goes up there and runs fast like we expect, the big thing for him is going to be just securing the football, right? No double drill. catches. Be very clean, comfortable. The gauntlet drill is going to be big for him, right? When they're running, you got to flip, turn the opposite direction, catch ball, drop it, catch it, drop it, and, and just go from there and, and stuff like that. So, that drill is going to be big for him. And like I said, just catching everything cleanly, right? Just being, just breathing, being relaxed, and not being in your own head. And I think that'll help this young man a whole lot, Keith. But man, listen, packed show talking about pass catches, tier one, tier two, tier three type of guys. Hey, man, and man, and Keith, you know it's always a good time because we are previewing the NFL Combine. And guys, listen, we thank y'all so much for making Locked On your first listen today. Tomorrow's episode. 
we go go into the trenches, talk about some old line. You know what I'm saying? Maybe some D line. We we we'll see what we got, but we know we're going into the trenches, man. Trenches is where games are won and lost, guys. So uh, as always, we always tell you go to YouTube, smash uh, the subscribe button, smash the bell and the like button. Right, come and enjoy more content as we drop it. Find us and find the audio version of this podcast on your favorite podcasting apps. Like, subscribe, leave a five star review. We appreciate all the love and support. Almost two weeks in uh, to us taking over this pod. We're having a blast with it. So, as always, uh, for Keith Sanchez, you can find him on Twitter at the Talent Code on Twitter. And then for me, Damian Parson, DP underscore NFL. Come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.